You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Not when yeah. you're changing the baby's diaper. <laughs> Although, maybe that's what the PC likes. That, that's, that's, that's what you would call the middle game of the triple header. Like, you just take the onesie and throw it out. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out. And they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hunt! And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm Travis Cura. Brazilian Tide is joining me this week. And <laughs> so you're stuck in camp in BC, what, north, central, eastern, I don't know, whereabouts are you? Center, like we're basically oh. straight west of PG. Okay, okay, so you, you basically... Like, I mean, it, it's, pretty, it's, it's pretty north when you talk about just civilization, Yeah, but it's not... <laughs> It's not. It's not that far. It's not that much further north than Edmonton is. Okay, so you you get fed what you're fed, and what was it today, man? Uh, it was ham and scalloped potatoes. Which, uh, for those of you that I would call friends of mine uh, and my mother, <laughs> would know that that is my death row meal. So it worked out well. I mean, it wasn't mom's or Katie's ham and scalloped potatoes, but I mean, it was serviceable. So you get one last meal, and that's what you get. Ham, scalloped potatoes, and angel uh, angel food cake for dessert. And, like, 30 Cokes. <laughs> I thought you'd get Burger King nuggets or something like that. I can only eat so much Burger King. I haven't had it in so long. Well, I guess I had it on my last days off, but I only had it once, and I regretted it, like, a half hour afterwards. This is hilarious. So I was at the game uh, in Calgary, Riders, Stampeders, and after the game, I was asked if 2 and Out Live would happen with Brazilian Ty's mom as co-host. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think she's going to fly there for that if I'm not there. Just oh. a hunch. I don't know. I think, I think I'm her favorite part of the podcast. <laughs> I mean, you you like Christmas more than I do. You probably wouldn't like make her not like put stuff in the stuff she cooks. Like when she cooks, no. she if I if she knows I'm home, she cooks stuff I like. And Dad's like, well, this so you know because I'm so picky. You wouldn't ask a lot of questions like I do. <laughs> Uh, this That's episode fair. of Do It Out is brought to you by ATB, and at ATB, they make banking work for you by offering both expert and practical advice in saving, budgeting, and paying off debt. And though your financial situation and the economy may change over time, you can be confident that your money is safe and secure with ATB. We have a history of doing what's right for our clients, especially when times are tough, because ATB was built to help Albertans. 
For more information, visit ATB.com. Join two and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em. And show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click CFLFantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. All right, Ty, uh, we had some... We had some blowouts again <laughs> this week, and not when yeah. you're changing the baby's diaper. <laughs> Although, maybe that's what the PC lies. That, that's, that's, that's what you would call the middle game of the triple header. Like, you just take the onesie and throw it out. <laughs> oh, man. The, the Montreal Alouettes host the Toronto Argonauts, and they beat them 37-16. So if you would have told me... That were at this point in the season, the Montreal Alouettes were without Vernon Adams Jr. And here they are, mm-hmm. first place in the Eastern Division. I don't think I would have seen that one coming, Ty. No, I think we had them penciled in at second, and you know, that was gonna be a really good year. You know, not obviously not twelve wins again, uh, but you know, solidly in second place hosting that East Semi and you know, Vernon Adams goes down. Stanback didn't play last week. Uh, they managed to win, and yeah, I know it was Ottawa. You know, for Thanksgiving and all that stuff. But I mean, they're they're winning games without Vernon Adams, which I don't know if a lot of people saw. Like, I I think we think thought this team was good enough to do that. We just didn't know what Schultz was going to bring to the table. Like, it's a good football team as a whole, uh, and for them to just kind of keep ticking along. I mean, he only had to throw the ball 18 times and yeah. it helps when Stanback has the game that he did. Uh, and we talk about that with quarterbacks that don't have a lot of experience establishing a running game. And Montreal was able to do that. They're sitting in top of the East. Uh, you know, right now I just, yeah, Hamilton played really good on Saturday, but uh, they, they, you know, they got bit by the injury bug a little bit again. It's Montreal is They've got the insurance in Trevor Harris. It's just it. It just seems like they're all systems go for a deep run. Montreal's got a really interesting schedule here to wrap up the season. They've got Saskatchewan next week. Uh, the Riders they're they're going to need to keep winning if they want a home playoff game. Then the the mm-hmm. Owls have Winnipeg twice in a row. And Oof. W- what what sort of team are the Bombers going to start throwing out there? I mean, <laughs> yeah, they're still going to want to get guys reps. You don't, it's that yeah. whole rust versus rest, right? Well, but yeah, you, yeah. You don't want Willie Jefferson going down on some innocuous play that doesn't matter in the third quarter of a football game when they've already clinched first place. And then uh, the last game of the season for the Owls is against Ottawa. And then you look at Toronto's Gu- guaranteed win night. <laughs> Toronto's got Ottawa one more time. They've got BC, which I don't know. Are they becoming in that Edmonton and Ottawa tier? Uh, they have Hamilton. And then they've got the Edmonton team, which I believe would be the middle of the three-game set for the... I, I've, I've lost track of that whole fiasco. That... Just think about that. The Elks have zero chance of playing the playoffs... And we're going to make them mm-hmm. play three games in seven days. But hey, player health and safety is at the forefront of importance. <laughs> this is this is this is just wild. <laughs> There's no way that should be a thing. I understand 
that they have to, you know, for game checks and revenue and all that crap, but it's a joke. <laughs> the Montreal Alouettes controlled the line of scrimmage on both sides mm-hmm. of the ball here. And, well, I guess it's clear. When, when William Stanback has 24 carries for 203 yards. <laughs> yeah. Towards the end of that game, it's like they were just all over Toronto. And I know that Jones was trying to do his fancy looks, but it just wasn't helping. Mm-hmm. It, it was no. just bulldozer after bulldozer, and Toronto had yeah. no answer for that. He had 26.3 points, didn't catch a single ball. It was all rushing. <laughs> you, you know what? You'd think he'd have a better, well, you know, more when it comes to fantasy, but he only had the one touchdown. So, uh, yeah, it was just, an, it's, it's one of those things where he was absolutely dominant and it didn't really come off the page as dominant as, let's say, Eugene Lewis, uh, who had... Seven yeah. catches, 156 yards, two touchdowns. Schiltz threw for 212 yards. <laughs> 156 of them to Eugene Lewis. I don't get how it was mathematically possible for Geno Lewis to only have his first receiving touchdowns at home as an Alouette here in this game. I honestly thought it was a mistake when I first heard it. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. No, and he caught seventy percent of the yardage for yeah. Schultz was a hundred percent was a hundred percent catch rate. Added fifty five yards after the catch, but I mean, yeah, the the two touchdowns, his first at Molson. What? <laughs> I feel like that's fake news. Yeah, let's go with and that. Somebody and and somebody's going to prison. <laughs> As for Toronto, they started having some Oof. injury issues on the offensive line. And I think, well, Bethel Thompson only got sacked the three times, but he got yeah. hit a lot more than that and threw four mm-hmm. interceptions. Yeah, and and sacks, sacks don't show the whole story, right? Since yeah. they stopped tracking pressures, I mean, you right. don't really get to see the full the full uh, impact the defensive line has. They really couldn't run it. Uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson had the longest rush of 19 yards, and then Patrick Levels crushes him out of bounds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but the four picks and man, uh, I I really don't think he had much time. Uh, but th- this is the inconsistent thing, and on the surface, it looks like what do we do? Do we go back to our buckle here? But. Mm-hmm. I don't think Bethel Thompson was really in much of a position to succeed in this one at any time, no, really. I, I don't. I don't think it's his fault. I mean, he probably he's got to shoulder some of the blame, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But when your offensive line is what it was, your play calling. I mean, they ran the ball with their running backs seven times. Mm-hmm. Seven. We bitch about Jason Moss doing that. You know, we complain about it. Hamilton does it and somehow wins games. Uh, it it just does not. When when you're throwing the ball 40 times and the, the pressure is getting to your quarterback like that, I know the score doesn't really help, but you got to protect your quarterback. And if your old line isn't doing it, you got to do it with a run game. Mm-hmm. 
Antonio P- Antonio Pipkin also did not throw a pass in this game and outscored McLeod Bethel Thompson fantasy wise. <laughs> oh, the the B or the Montreal secondary they were running fast, they were hitting hard. Money mm-hmm. Hunter had two interceptions. Najee Murray had uh, the one for the touchdown. Chris Aki did as well. I guess the one bright spot for Toronto is Curly Gittens Jr. Eight catches, 116 yep. yards, quietly. One of the best, I think, Canadian receivers this year. Yep. Yeah, and I, it just consistency, I think, is what's keeping him under the radar. Yeah. You yep. don't see this performance out of him every week. Uh, you know, the targets are usually there, but he's just so up and down with the catches and the yards that it's hard to put him in your lineup every week. Uh, but, I mean, eight of nine for 116, like you said, that – Nobody else, like well, Ricky Collins had 95, but after that, it's just, you know, not an also ran, but I mean, just nobody really produced for that offense. No. I mean, you're not running the football. It's really hard to get anything going. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, sending our thoughts out to Arjun Colhoun on uh, special mm. teams. Oh, a nasty, nasty injury. They showed the replay once, and I don't think you'll see it again. And for pretty good reason he he uh he's one of those good guys i think in the cfl he was uh, on our show uh, i think before we knew mm-hmm. that the 2020 season wasn't going to happen i think he was up like it in the yukon or northwest territory something like that <laughs> and he uh or maybe alaska even re- recording the show with us such a good guy and that's the danger of special teams man <laughs> like people are just yeah. flying all over the place and you don't have to be looking, and then a body rolls and hits you in the leg, yeah. and that's the kind of stuff happens. It sucks. It, it's probably, in my eyes, it's probably the most dangerous aspect of the game. I mean, you have all 24 guys out there, and everybody's running at full speed. And, Just about you know, any sport, like it might happens. be the most dangerous like, right? sequence. Uh, <laughs> it. it I mean, you see it in the NFL where basically every kickoff is a touchback and yeah. that was brought in for safety reasons. They got rid of the wedge and all that stuff because too many guys get hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just one of the things that, you know, and especially a guy like Colhoun, you, for me, I, I don't know if I would put a guy like that on my special teams just because I don't want to lose him. Yeah, if with, something like this happens with the small it's rosters, tough. it's just gotta yeah, be the, done. The, the yeah. roster cut down. We saw we saw the roster, it, the other roster issue with the quarterbacks coming yeah. to play in the BC game, <laughs> and now this like it's it's becoming quite the crapshoot. And but hey, player safety. <laughs> Let, let's go to that Hamilton Ottawa game where I, I mean Ottawa was in it for maybe five minutes, and then uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Tie Cats. Crush the Red Blacks thirty-two to three. The first part of that mm-hmm. triple header on Saturday. Um, <laughs> pretty early in the triple header, Davis Sanchez and Milt Stiegel were getting into it on the panel, and uh, I gotta say, <laughs> what's the point of taking Jeremiah Mazzoli out, man? Twenty-five of twenty-eight, three hundred twenty yards, two yeah. touchdowns. I think he's their guy going forward here. I think so. I, I like I said I don't know you can't make a change just for the sake of making change if your team is winning football games and it, 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 it's good for him to finally get a W. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, he's been at the helm for <laughs> some tough losses. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you. I know that, you know, in, you know, those late game losses, you know, it's the defense giving up the points, but I mean, the offense put them in that position by not putting up enough, you know, drives stalling out and stuff like that. So it, it goes both ways. Uh, but yeah, for him to finally get the monkey off, he only threw three completions. Like, yeah, I, I think we assumed that the leash would be pretty short, uh, you know, and Dane coming off this six man or coming off the sixth game, everybody said, well, you know, they're not going to pull him off and, and incur that cap, not penalty, but you know, the cap hit and not play him. Well, you know, you kind of have an embarrassment of riches at that quarterback position right now. If this is Masoli now, if he is back to, you know, the Jeremiah Masoli that we know, uh, you know, it's, it's Dane Evans is a damn good insurance policy as we've seen in the past. Uh, yeah, but yeah, the, why would you why would you put Dane Evans in again and change up your not change up your offense, but you know the timing and everything that guys are starting to get with Masoli now? Why would you change all that when you don't have to? Well, and credit to Dane Evans, who when he gets in there on short yardage and compare him to the mm-hmm. short yardage game that we saw from Ottawa, uh, Evans Ooh. Evans goes that in. That was a tough watch. <laughs> Evans goes in. And uh, he fights for every yard he gets, mm-hmm. and he earns them. And he had- he also he also outscored McLeod Bethel Thompson. Wow! Well, he did have the two rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> you talk short yardage. I think it was pretty early in the game when Hamilton. I think it was an eight nothing lead over the Red Blacks, and Ottawa is on the two yard line, and they're trying to sneak yep. from the two. And I think they went backwards, and they ended up kicking yep. a nine-yard field goal. <laughs> yep. I I don't think there's any situation when you should be kicking a nine-yard field goal when it's that. You really want to turn the ball over on the one-yard line? Well, at least the the Hamilton Tiger Cats would start from the one, and. Unless you, well, let's face it, Ottawa never had another opportunity (laughs) to to put points, and they didn't put any more points on the rest of the week. I think Ottawa had the chance there if they don't get the, well, obviously don't do another sneak from the three or whatever, because that looked like a disaster. But just (laughs) take the chance at the points. What do you have to lose? And make mm-hmm. Hamilton drive 108 yards. And if they do it, well, they That's earned it. Fair. But <laughs> that that was that was a rough sequence, and that that you know defined the Ottawa season a little bit. Uh, yeah, that's fair. That is very fair. I'm really excited for my Duck Hodges jersey. Um, after seeing, <laughs> did you make the order attempts. yet? <laughs> no, but I ha- I'm going to. You're a man of your word. Uh, if, yeah, there's there's one thing it's that I don't have an issue with its commitment. Um, yeah, those are those are just really bad attempts, and that he looked like a guy who hasn't really taken a meaningful snap of football in a year and a half. That's true. That's true. <sighs> I don't even know what you say about Ottawa anymore. It's it's just next year territory, and they had. A- they had a better week than BC did. Yeah, they did. That's right. That, that's that's true. I mean, you're playing teams that are 
trying to get into the playoffs or get a home playoff game and 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 you got teams that are just really trying to make a competent roster for 2022 at this point or or, or stay healthy and uh, a lot of guys on Ottawa are getting banged up and it's just showing that the the Ticats defense is really I think improving every week early in the year they didn't have Mm -hmm. the have the full strength defensive line and now they're just kind of kind of feasting sean thomas erlington didn't get to play at running back but uh, they got two more canadian running backs jackson bennett led the charge there 12 carries for 58 yards brandon banks is this his biggest game of the year (laughs) four catches Uh, 51 yards it actually might i can literally i can literally check that and then uh, he did. He was in the return. You, you fill time. You fill time. He was in the return game for this one with no Frankie Williams returning kicks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, week one or not? I get. I don't know what week it would have been. It would have been against Hamilton or against Winnipeg. Sorry, he went seven of eleven for seventy three. And that's his biggest of the biggest of, of the, the year. year. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. He still doesn't have a touchdown. Early in this game, it was Braylon Addison, and he had five catches, five mm-hmm. targets, 95 yards. It kind of looked like Mazzoli was going to look to him. Addison was going to be the go-to guy. Then he ends mm-hmm. up getting hurt. I believe it's the hamstring, but he spent yeah. a lot of time injured, and he, he took some time to get into the lineup this year. Now, back onto the injured list. Uh, it seemed oh. like... The offense gets a spark when he's in there. So the Ticats got to be yep. hoping that Braylon Addison doesn't miss any time. I, man, I, I think it's it's like a high ankle sprain. It's just nagging him. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I don't know if he's been at 100%. Right? And, and I mean, if it's, a, if it's not fully healed, if it's not fully healed, he comes back and he's, you know, an, an 80% Braylon Addison is barely no Braylon Addison at all. But if he's only good for two plays and gets hurt again, then he's out for the year. Was it worth it? No. Right? So, I mean, they have the weapons. They still have Stephen Dunbar, Jalen Acklin. Uh, if Brandon Banks can get going, uh, Tim White, you know, guys like that, that all played this week, healthy. If they can afford to sit to sit Braylon until he is one hundred percent again, then they have to to go into to go into the playoffs with a healthy Braylon Addison. I think has got to be you know at almost at near the top of the list because he changes the game so much mm-hmm. that if you if he gets hurt if he gets hurt you know in game thirteen or fourteen and he's out for the playoffs that's just that's a really big blow to your team. Dunbar had a touchdown. Acklin had a touchdown. Dane Evans, the two rushing touchdowns. And I don't know if you caught it, Ty. Did you see it early in the game when uh, Ottawa got called for pass interference in the end zone? And uh, was that the uh, the one that Lapo challenged? Yeah, that's not pass interference. <laughs> I I don't even know what happened. I also agree with Matt Dunnigan that that would not be my first option. Yeah, it's great. He's on the the Sam linebacker, but he yeah. hasn't had a rep yet. Yeah, man, that that, that was rough. And that's no calls are going Ottawa's way either. So, no. <laughs> well, I, I think I think the only reason it stood is because it was called passing interference on the field. Yeah. Wow. 
And, th- and then the Geno Lewis, I don't know if you saw that touchdown when he pulled uh, Treston Deku's hair. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's time to start hiding those dreads, man, because... <laughs> They're part of the uniform. Yeah. <laughs> that did... that not good. <laughs> no. I'm sure it feels great. Oh, I don't know if I want... Well, if somebody yanked me down by my beard... It would not end well for that person. Well, your niece, your niece, or your nephew will at some point, or, yeah. or Marcelo already has. It is or actually incredible uh, how powerful the grip of a two-year-old is. <laughs> Maybe I'm I'm just a wimp. I don't know. I'm just trying to stall talking about this next game at this point. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. Like, have you ever tried to take, you know how they say it's like taking candy from a baby? Have you ever tried to take candy from like a baby or a toddler? It's impossible. You know, that's true. The open up those little paws. It's not easy. It's not easy. They got, they got more, more strength, more grip strength than a gorilla. I swear to God. (laughs) It's like when you ask your dog, what's in your mouth? And then he runs away. Yeah. (laughs) The BC Lions. This is rough. 45 to nothing. They had absolutely Mm -hmm. nothing for Winnipeg's attack. And I think the conversation here, Ty, is like, okay, there's a couple conversations. But as far as Winnipeg goes, now they're first in the West. They're going to start resting, guys. They have to. Now that's going to... The football, like, I, I don't they can lose. They can. Toronto beat them. But I I think still that they're probably the team that is built best for the cold weather. Uh, normally, weird. normally, this upcoming weekend, I think, would be the final weekend of the regular season. But nope. Yeah. <laughs> We've still got a few. There's going to be a lot of cold games being played this year. So, uh, does Winnipeg start resting these guys and then West Final, a lot of times the team with, and I don't have any stats to back this up, but a lot of times a team is riding high if they have a nice win in the semi, and then they'll go mm-hmm. in, and there's no rust. They, they they went in, they had a big playoff win, and then they go, and but but Winnipeg never really had any adjustment period at the beginning of the season either. It just seemed like they were just ready to no. go. They're just ready to go yeah. every single week. It's 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 impressive to watch. But from it's not a, fair. a Winnipeg fan point of view, anything less than a Grey Cup at this point has to be considered a disappointment, no? 100%. That's a lot of pressure, man. Wait, if you don't repeat, your season's a complete failure. <laughs> imagine telling that imagine t- imagine saying that to the tampa bay lightning at the beginning of last season it sounds crazy it's insane but this is how good they've looked and it, uh, the pressure just builds i think and i i don't know if calgary are equipped but it's almost like they have to look ahead and think, how do we beat Winnipeg? Because that's that's the only question. Yep. For every CFL team left and in the playoffs, how do we beat Winnipeg? Yep. And I don't know. <laughs> I, um, play with 14 guys on defense? 
Yeah, make no mistakes. Uh, don't take any penalties. Uh, shut down either Oliveira or Andrew Harris or now Johnny. O- I mean, 73 carries on four yards. It gets inflated by a 55-yard carry. But you got to yeah. shut down the run game. Uh, you have to somehow cover Rashid Bailey, Kenny Lawler, and Darvin Adams. Uh, Nick Dembski coming from you know four different positions on on the same drive. Uh, yeah, you just have to kind of do everything and just hope that Mortada misses kicks. I I don't know. <laughs> it's well, and how do you hit Kalaros with that offensive line? Although, yeah, with without Hardrick, there has been a little bit of wrinkles in pass production here and there. Mm-hmm. But and I don't know how you match their physicality, their intensity. I don't know how you yeah. do it. It's it's going to be tough. And I know that West final. I think on, I think on paper, on paper, the only the only defense that can match their you know physicality looked like Toronto at the start of the year, and maybe Ottawa. Like when it comes to defenses with that much physicality in them, yeah, and they're not even, and they're not even close when you look at it now. Tie cats, maybe. Uh, yeah, some if Simone and you know uh, Win Houser and uh, Jagger Davis are all going, and then you got Ende- like and Delicate in the in the secondary. Like, yeah, they they can be really they can be really physical. I just think of that West final, like when they're going to be running at you, and it's December fifth in Winnipeg. Yeah. Every hit's going to hurt times two. <laughs> yeah. And you're already going to be beat up <laughs> wow. from the West Semi. Like, it's not wow. going to be fun. No, no. Somebody so, said football was fun. That's true. That's true. It's going to come down to coaching and have those having uh, your team ready to go because Winnipeg has given up, what, 0. 0.6 points? Um, 0. 0.54. Yeah. I, just, I was going to ask you, what does the number 0. 0.54 mean to you? Or, or what do you think that is? And that's points per fourth quarter. And they're giving up the least points in the CFL since any team since 1966. Is that what it is? Like, that's oh, how good they are. Jeez. BC had nothing. I... Yeah, except for, you know, the fact that they had to play Michael Riley when he was not needing to play. Yeah, 30 to nothing. Michael Riley's in there. Not because they wanted him in there, but because Nathan Rourke comes in. He has four pass attempts, gets hurt, uh, and <laughs> Riley's going to come back in, and, and he's getting up slower and slower after every single hit. Yeah. In a meaningless game for them, basically, now. Well, yeah. And, and and now you know that it's tough to beat a football team twice in a row. But when you look at these past two games, Winnipeg, outscoring BC. Well, they, they didn't play twice in a row because they had a Calgary game in there. But Winnipeg outscored BC 75-9 to nine over two games. And then if you add in <laughs> the Calgary game, I'm just doing math in my head, they got outscored 114-19 to 19 over the past three games. Just a few weeks ago... People were legitimately talking about the Lions being in contention to make it in the playoffs in the West and possibly have a home playoff game, and it's all just fallen apart. Yep. <laughs> what, what do you even say at this point? They got shut out. Well, the, they're the new questions, though. 
what does BC do going into next season? I don't think he can fire the coach. No. I don't really know if changing it up with Riley is going to fix 2022. Or the only you... way that the only way that getting rid of Mike Riley or Michael Riley works is if you bring in another quarterback that's cheaper and you can f- right. fix everything else. Right. But then but then you have a quarter you have a quarterback that's not Michael Riley, right? Like Yeah. You're going to you're going to roll with Nathan Work. That's great. But now your season isn't you're not looking to, you know, win a great cup. You're hoping that Rourke improves and you might make the playoffs. It becomes a building year. Yeah. Which I don't know when you have when you have a guy like Michael Riley in this receiving core, I don't think a learning year is what people want. Well, a lot of big questions there. They got the new owner there and they're they're trying to get people back into the stands in BC and and he looks like he's willing to do what it takes to make the BC Lions a powerful brand in Vancouver again. Um, but yeah, performances like this week in, week out, it's not going to make it happen. And, uh, people aren't going to want to go to BC place to see that. I lived through the nineties with the Oilers and losing continually in the playoffs. <laughs> it made it hard. I also lived through the decade of darkness as we like to call it in Edmonton. Like, do you know what, like a 10 or 12 year old that, you know, sees this, they don't want to talk about it at school on Monday. Yeah. They don't want to tell their friends that they that they're a Lions fan after they get shut out forty to nothing and, and the way that those last three games have gone and it just looks like a dumpster fire in the field. It that, that doesn't help grow a fan base. Now, I mean, it's not the owner's fault at this point. No, no. Uh you know, there's nothing he could have done. Uh and I mean the cap brings in a lot of issues too, but yeah, something like if I, I don't want to say they have to get rid of Michael Riley to get better, but <laughs> Man, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of the questions. The amount of money that he's getting, the amount of the amount of cap that he's chewing up, makes it really hard to field a, a, a competitive team. I mean, for Winnipeg, you want to talk fantasy? Brady Oliveira, 17 carries, 65 yards, mm-hmm. and a touchdown. So he was getting less than four yards a carry. Um, yeah, BC kind of kept that in check. Johnny Augustine, on the other hand, and I know he's valuable to the team on special teams, but he had four carries, mm-hmm. 73 yards. This guy was undrafted. And we see teams, you know, popping out running backs left and right. Winnipeg's got three, I think, Canadian running backs that can start on yep. just about any team. <laughs> and, That's the way it's looking right now. And Hamilton has it too, where they've got three Canadian running backs, but they're not as dominant because they don't use them like Winnipeg they, does. They don't use them. Yeah, I don't think it's any fault of the player themselves. I think In Hamilton does Winnipeg have some interesting decisions to make this off season. I, I think it's remarkable that the team was able to. Uh, Kyle, are Walters. you? Are you creating a running back controversy in Winnipeg right now? <laughs> well, the fact that Kyle Walters was able to keep the core of this team together and mm-hmm. then still bring in Winston Rose for this for this playoff yeah. run. And now we're starting to see injury issues with Andrew Harris. What does next year look like at the running back position for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? I know it'll drive people crazy. At- Depends on what happens December twelfth. Has it, I don't think anybody really just earns the right to just 
be the guy, you know? <laughs> uh, I, I think if they win, I think if they win back to back great cups, you're going to see some players leave. Huh. Harris might because, retire. You never know. Right. It's either that, or they're going to be like, we can get something. We, we've got two guys behind them that are, that can get the job done. And, you know, it saves you a little bit. It saves you on the cap. You know, the job is done. It's not unfinished business anymore. Well, I was flipping through the game, and I'm like, do, do we have a dynasty on our hands here? Like, if they win again and then go into next year, I, we don't know what the offseason is going to look like. But I, I think... We're really going to call a team a dynasty with back-to-back wins? I, I said, I don't know what next year is going to look like, but... It's been proven that players want to play for O'Shea. They want to play in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. If they st- it's because they get off days during the week. <laughs> if they stick around and then they're in contention yeah. again in 2022, this is. Uh, I mean, if they if they win if they win this year and next year, then I think yeah, you write it in stone. But I just have a feeling if they win, I think you're going to see a lot of changes because guys are going to. Unless guys are going to be willing to take pay cuts to keep everything together and keep winning, which, I mean, we've seen before. Like, look at, look at the Colorado Avalanche. The amount of money that Nathan McKinnon is making is ridiculously low yeah. because they want to win. And a hometown discount only works if everybody takes it. Yeah. Well, so and I think it happened that, this year. That becomes an issue. Right? So, I mean, our players that are on expiring deals – which I mean seems to be ninety percent of the league most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Are those players? Are those players going to come back at the same or a little less, and they can make some additions? Or are those players going to want to cash in on having two really good years? Because football, you know, your football career doesn't last forever. You got to make the money when you can. Are they going to, you know, go to somewhere else that's going to pay them more? And that's why I say there's going to be some teams that are going to want an Oliveira or an Augustine starting Mm -hmm. for them, you know? But, but, you know, I I think I would rather trade Andrew Harris. Yeah, I think Winnipeg, we'll we'll see. We'll see. You guys can, you guys, you guys can assume that, you know, it's just, oh, because of the whole steroid. No, it's because Oliveira and Augustine are younger. Mm -hmm. They don't have the injury problems that we've seen Andrew Harris have this year. Well, I mean, Augustine has been in and out of the lineup in his career, but I mean, it, you're gonna get. You can probably trade Andrew Harris's rights if his contract's expiring. I don't know if it is or not. You can trade his rights, or if he has years left, you're, you're gonna get. You can get something for him. And if you don't win a Grey Cup and you want to run it back next year with the same group because you feel that you can still win with it, which I think you can, then you still have that option too. I mean, guys are going to leave, and and you know the guys that leave, you can replace with the free agent market because I think te- players are going to want to come there, and they might you know take a cheap, take a discounted deal to come play in Winnipeg if they're playing somewhere else. You had a stat on BC's uh, special teams fantasy numbers oh. and what they were giving oh. up. I mean- <laughs> um, yeah, it's not great. Uh, in their last two games. So this game they gave up fourteen point five to returners, which I get it's the returner. It was Janarian Grant for all the returns. Uh they gave up fourteen point five points fantasy wise, and in their game against it was Calgary, they gave up fourteen point three. Whoa. 
And you only get a point for every 25 yards as a returner. <laughs> Grant had the touchdown. They only had one kickoff, too. It could have been yeah. worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one one kickoff and a missed field goal and eight punts for 149 yards and a touchdown. Wow. That's how you talk about a shutout. Don't really talk about the game. <laughs> no. It, yeah. I, <laughs> Kenny can we, Lawler, can we, can two we, touchdowns, we, two catches. We, yeah, Kenny Lawler bounce back. Um, can we quickly talk about, and I, we've talked about, it, it's, this is the, what, third time this has come up this year, but only having two quarterbacks on the roster? Right, right, right. Well, teams are like, allowed to. But they can't be listed as a quarterback, and then you have the ratio issues. Well, it feels like it just takes away uh, a body on special teams, and uh, mm-hmm. that becomes crucial, you know? In a league where you have one more guy on the field than they do in the NFL, but your roster size is seven players less on game day? How does that make any sense to anybody? And and we, we say time and time again, TSN says it time and time again, anybody doing it's a quarterback driven league. Right? If you don't have a quarterback, and that's that's all football really, but I mean the amount the amount of passing that goes on in this league, you need a quarterback. And if you like if your starter goes down or you know, they want to pull Mike Riley, they bring Nathan Workin all now Riley has to come in in a game that they're not gonna win, they're not gonna make the playoffs. They're getting absolutely railroaded, and he's got to go back in there and take all these hits. Yep. It doesn't make any sense to me. It makes zero. The roster size to begin with didn't make sense, and then they cut out. Now, granted, those third stringers aren't getting a lot of playing time as quarterback, like third string quarterbacks. But I mean, do can we do it like baseball? Maybe where you expand the rosters, right? For the last four or five games, just. Like teams like BC, teams like Ottawa, like I know that they could just put in Patterson and keep Riley out. It, it's a dilution of talent, sure. You, you can have guys that only play special teams. You're not going to have to pull a lot of double duty. Like it just it saves so much, I think. And we we saw it in in the Ottawa game where the Ottawa Hamilton game where a defensive lineman had to dress up as an O lineman. Well, after one old lineman injury, you shouldn't be in that situation. <laughs> right? No, but a lot of teams only run six or seven yeah. old linemen because your roster yeah. is so small, you don't have a choice. Yeah. yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. I don't know. End, end rant. Backslash end rant. Last game of week 12, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders go to McMahon Stadium and get a win. 20-17. to 17. Cody Fajardo, his first win as a starter against the Stampeders. Craig Dickinson, his first win against his little brother, Dave Dickinson. (laughs) The Riders needed this one in so many ways, and they got it. Um, When the game started, and (laughs) Calgary's making big plays, the Marquis ambles up the middle, and they're right down, they're threatening. And I'm thinking... Not again. Like, what is happening here? (laughs) Where's my train ticket? Where are my truck keys? Get me a turkey leg for the the train ride back because we're just going home. Uh, But the the Rough Rider defense tightened up in the the red zone Mm -hmm. and they forced a field goal and that was crucial because if that's a touchdown, maybe this whole game is different just like the previous two matchups. Yep. Right, it just sucks sucks the life out of you if you give up that touchdown on the first drive. 
Yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a game, it, it wasn't a must win. I mean, Saskatchewan would still be in a playoff spot. But you want to host that West Semi if you yeah. have the opportunity to. Uh, you, you don't want to get swept by Calgary three times. And, I mean, it would be three losses in a row. Mm-hmm. To the same team, and that's just deflating. And, and then probably play them in the West Semi and have that hanging over your head. So it's kind of a must win, just the mental state for the Riders, I think. Uh, but hey, Fajardo, it took Fajardo shorter time to beat Calgary than it took Trevor Harris. So that's nice. But, <laughs> you know, it's the same old, same old story, though, from the Riders' offense where they don't run the ball. Like they ran it 10 times for 48 yards between Keenan LaFrance, who we all, you know, would have put in our lineup for one carry in five yards. William Powell only ran the ball nine times. I don't get that. He doesn't fumble the ball. He nope. <laughs> He's getting yards on every play. And I, I want to run mm-hmm. – I don't have any stats for this. And I don't even really know if it exists. But I, I don't really know if you can really have a massive vertical gain with 30-yard passes when – when we get into this time of year and the weather, I think you need to be running the ball and doing these shorter routes. And for some reason, the, these routes were working for Saskatchewan this time. They were mm-hmm. the, the shorter passes for Fajardo, and they were getting the ball off a lot quicker. It seemed to be yep. working and it, at least protecting the offensive line a little bit. Where he's, well, and that that's been the that's been one of the biggest issues this season with the Riders is their offensive line play. The, yeah, because the the deep routes can't develop. There's been no time for them. Right, and Fajardo's running for his life, and, mm-hmm. and I think that has a lot to do with the inaccuracy issues that we've seen. Yeah, you know, he's on the move. He can't get his feet set. Yeah, these high percent run a slant route, run a run a run a five yard in. What? Why do you have to throw the ball thirty yards for a first down when you can get? you know, six yards and then follow it up with another four or five or even just four and then sneak for the first down. Taking these shots just don't make sense with, with the old line that they have right now. It's just not working. And then they were doing nothing to change it until this week. These big receivers like Duke Williams and Shaq Evans, they will be good mm-hmm. for routes like that. Yeah. And they can also make plays yeah. make plays deep. But I think the big thing with those guys being in the lineup here. It frees up room for Kyron Moore. Even Braden Lenius yep. had room out there. Yep. And shake shake and bake. He only had the one catch, but I think he's proven mm-hmm. that he can be and can perform as a yep. first or second read in in the CFL. Yep. But now when he doesn't have to, I think the Lenius, the more Schaefer Baker, they'll have more room to make plays as the season goes on. Mm-hmm. And Shaq and Duke get kind of used to the offense because there were times when, when even they were a little yeah. bit lost out there. It's all, it's almost like, you know, a deadline deal where you, you just didn't have to give anything up, right? These guys just kind of come in. Yeah. Because Shaq's been gone for so long. The injuries, Duke hasn't played. Um, and like you said, like with the high percentage throws and, and you know, the way that the long, the, the deep passes have been, if Shaq and Duke can run underneath routes and and make those plays teams still have to respect their big playability yep which is going to give them more room underneath and then when they do stretch the field that opens stuff up for Lenius and Moore and Schaefer Baker and, and whoever else they have in there depending on the day so it, this receiving core is starting to look really good uh you know it's just 
they're going to have to go with that high percentage pass game. Like Fajardo completed eighty point eight percent. And don't you think that works better in the cold? Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. That that's kind of where <laughs> maybe they're trying to figure out a way to to beat Winnipeg when it's minus thirty two. Like, we've played we've played slow pitch in the snow because it snowed late in the year. Yeah, yeah. Or early in the, I guess, late in the spring or whatever. You're not going to be cranking throwing dingers. That ball, throw, throwing that ball from right to third, I didn't even, you don't even try it. Wow, yeah. You throw yeah. to the cutoff because, it, A, you ha- your fingers are frozen. Yeah. Or yeah. wet. They're cold. <laughs> you have no feel. You yeah. have no feel. The shorter pass is easier. Yeah. So... Yeah, and if they can, and it's it becomes an extended run play, really. If you have guys like mm-hmm. Duke and Shaq, big bodies that that can make those plays, make those catches in traffic. Why why wouldn't you do that? Now, granted, teams are going to start pressing and, and coming down on those routes, which is what you want because then you can, you know, you can run plays to get behind that and get into that second level of of coverage. When when the defense does that. It was a pretty clean game as far as penalties mm-hmm. went. Saskatchewan, ooh, they they had another clock issue late in the game where where they ended up taking a time yeah. count, losing the down, and it could have come back to cost them a little bit. But the game had a playoff and then feel. an illegal punt, and then an illegal yeah. punt out of bounds. Yeah, the game had a playoff feel where one or two plays, mm-hmm. and if that goes wrong, you're done. The yeah. Stampeders had a 12-play, 92-yard drive that lasted over eight minutes. Oh, my God. Over half of a quarter in the CFL is actually remarkable. <laughs> That's unheard of, really. Like it, that, It's so rare. It, it truly is. But maybe, I don't know, what were you thinking about Bo in this one? Sometimes I watch him and I feel like he's worried about getting hit. And there wasn't always guys in his face, but it just looked to me like he was feeling feeling pressure. And he had a good drive late yeah. in the fourth quarter to bring them within a field goal. But that interception on the flea flicker, and there were a couple oh other God. bad reads as well, just doesn't yeah. look like the same guy. No, um... You know, whether it's a shoulder issue. I mean, he broke his leg earlier this year. Yeah, I know I've been wishy-washy, and it looked like he was starting to come back, but I don't know what it was right. in this one. There were The Ryder DBs were kind of reading him like a book. Yeah, which is rare. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for Bo, for Bo, right? Uh, <clears throat> but he's also been a guy that we've seen take chances. He has. Um, I mean, we think he, about the great when, when he feels Ottawa. the pressure. <laughs> when he feel, yeah. When, when he feels the pressure, he, he tends to take chances. You know, he's a gunslinger. I know it's an overused term, but that's what he is. Uh, he's not afraid to to throw the ball in any situation. Um, and it just happened to bite him. I, I don't know if it, it. It was probably both. You know, the the pressure that the defense had and just a poor deci- poor decisions on Bo's part. But he doesn't seem like you know twenty seventeen twenty eighteen Bo right now and and maybe that comes uh with with time you know he's been back for a while now but i i wonder if if his leg and <clears throat> sorry i wonder if he's like worried about well the shoulder too the leg and and the shoulder just isn't up to snuff and and you know it's just he's not he's not the bow we're used to but he almost he almost still got the job done which yeah, I mean, he, he did. threw three picks he did he threw three picks and almost won a football game it's not a bad night 
It's not a great night. It's a bad night, but it could have been a hell of a lot worse. I mean, they could have got steamrolled. Kamar Jordan uh, gets back into the lineup. He had three catches on seven targets for 63 yards, but Markeith Ambles, uh, four catches, 73 yards. Calgary's leading receiver on the night, and the the leading receiver for Saskatchewan was Kyron Moore, six catches, 64 Mm -hmm. yards, and a touchdown there. But, yeah, William Powell, nine catches for 43 yards. And I'd like to say that they're keeping him fresh for the playoffs in the colder weather, but this is actually similar to what Stephen McAdoo was doing with William yep. Powell. He never was getting the and people 17. people wanted his head. Yeah, they did. They totally did. And he Powell then was not getting the 17 or 18 yards or 18 yep. carries a game like I think he should be. If you can get 15, 17, 20 carries, you can run play action. Oh, yeah. Which opens up a lot of options and helps the offensive line protect a little bit because teams have to respect the run and you know maybe it helps with the offensive line issues uh but yeah it just it doesn't make any sense i said it in week two about jason moss nobody listened everybody thought i was just old men yelling at the cloud they are winning in spite of jason moss well, maybe not this game because he would have been calling it. But <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that Brent Lowther is hoping that uh, uh, John Ryan is good to go for next week because <laughs> that last punt of the game uh, in the stands, I was just hoping get the punt off, get the kickoff, get the kickoff. Yeah. <laughs> and it happened, and uh, that was big for the Rough Riders. But I, I think we know that these two teams are going to be playing again in the playoffs. Yeah. And it, it, yeah. it's just a question as of where the game is going to be. Is it going mm-hmm. to be in Regina or is it going to be in Calgary? And Saskatchewan put themselves... And either way, you're going. I will be there. I kind of... I, I might be. Nice. Nice. In in Calgary, I wasn't kidding. I got myself a big old turkey leg. And I got to tell you, there is no... Was it awesome? It was awesome. Clean way to eat that. There's no uh, respectable, polite way to eat it. Like when when you're sitting in the stands gnawing on a turkey leg. <laughs> it's oh man. It's a vulnerable position to be in. <laughs> <laughs> and Ty, I ran into a new friend of the show. Uh oh. Guy named Brendan shook my hand. Looks like a. Like a handsome young man that could probably have a career in the CFL in the future. But said he's a big fan of the show. And uh, it was good to meet uh, a new a new pal that uh, introduced himself in the concourse at uh, at halftime. And you, and you didn't take your trading cards? I didn't have any with me. But I yeah. still do have some, actually. Yeah, you could have signed one and made a fan for life. <laughs> And then no matter what we did, we'd always have somebody in our corner. (laughs) Brendan, we need you, man. We need you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was fun to get out to the... Like, to me, three degrees, no wind, the line of scrimmage, you can see the breath of the players. That, to me, is... I love that fall football. Uh, Bring it on. I'm all for it. I also enjoy anything, you know, below 20 degrees Celsius for work, because then I don't sweat. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh, This episode of Two and Out brought to you by Rumi. 
If you've got some, uh, you know, drafts coming into your place, flickering lights, mysterious leaks, just like old Taylor Field. Uh, if you, maybe they should have called Rumi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think they made the right call, yeah. actually. <laughs> if you've ever wondered what's really going on in your home, Rumi's Ask a Home Inspector service can help. Connect with a certified professional home inspector by phone or video call and get your questions answered. Rumi will let you know what's easily fixable with a little DIY or when you might need to call in some professional help. Visit Rumi.ca, that's R-U-M-I dot C-A, and book your Ask a Home Inspector appointment today. All right, Ty, before we say goodbye, uh, we're, you're over 500 in Pick'em. I'm exactly 500 in Pick'em. I need to ask you, though, please explain to me your Week 12 fantasy picks. I believe if you scroll to the bottom of the prep sheet, you will see oh, my description you, of my lineup. What did you write? <laughs> I'm not reading that. <laughs> no? Um one, two, three, four, fifth. I plead the fifth. I'm not talking about it. That was. <laughs> oh it was my! Just... You finished. You finished well. Yeah, I had a good. I had a good week. 103.5 points. Uh, Matt Schiltz and Eugene Lewis and the Ticats defense led the way for me, so I had a win in the Canadian Football Podcast Network Fantasy Challenge. I was actually first in uh, that group. I had myself a, a pretty pretty good week. I was first by about 18 points there. I had two players uh, get zero, mainly because uh, Ricardo Lewis got added to the one-game injured list, and uh, that uh, did not help. To be fair, I don't think you can explain the Jake Winicky. That was a rough game. That was a rough game for him. Uh, I'm the. It's my fault. I took all the Ottawa Red Blacks defense. I'll, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I did beat um, you by fifty five points. Richard Sindani had a touchdown. <laughs> hey, that was a good pick. Well done. Well done. Yeah, yeah. I'll take it. He was your leading guy. Awesome. <laughs> Oh, it's 17.3 or 17.4. Serenity now. (laughs) You can rate, review, and subscribe to Two and Out on your favorite podcatcher. But first, Ty, can can you roll through the fantasy leaders for the week? Oh, yes. uh, Jeremiah Masoli, 24.1. Zach Kalaros, 22.7. And Matthew Schiltz, uh, round out the top three at 17.6. And Antonio Pipkin and Dane Evans outscored Bo Levi Mitchell, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, Mike Riley, and Caleb Evans, who are all starters. Wow. Um, yeah, not a great week. Uh, <laughs> William Stanback led the way uh, for running backs at 26.3, almost doubled up Kadeem Carey at 13.7, Oliver at 12.5. And wide receivers, uh, Eugene Lewis, 34.6, just a monster week. Yeah. Athlon at 21.6, Curly Gittins Jr., 19.6, Kyron Moore, in fourth at 18.6, and Richardson Danny, my leading score at 17.4. There it is for the Monday edition of 2 and Out. We'll be back on Thursday to talk about week 13. Have a good start to your week. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.